Welcome back to the Vincent Collectors Podcast. I'm John Biggs. I'm Adam Katz. And today on the show, we're going to recap a few of the exciting things that happened last week. And uh, I think we have some more Babe Ruth, uh, which is always a cloud crowd pleaser, as it were. And Welcome whiskey, Adam. which is at which least is always a John. Uh, it's a John a pleaser. pleaser. Yeah, a John and Adam yeah. pleaser. Yeah, it's an us pleaser. Yeah, so right, what we, do we, got? we talked about uh, a few offerings last week. The 1952 Mickey Mantle kind of holy grail card that Collectible had offered in early access uh, a while back. That's when we talked about it primarily, but it IPO'd last week. It sold out in about a day. Had a little less investor interest than I had anticipated, but still pretty solid for a $300,000 card. Yeah. I feel like we were talking about this stuff in the beginning, like maybe even last summer and it was like, it would sell out in like five seconds and now it's now it's selling out over longer period. Some of them. Yeah. And, and part of that is also, this is a larger market cap offering. Um, a lot of the offerings that sell out quickly are, you know, Mm. tens of thousands rather than hundreds of thousands. The, Kofax, the 55 Kofax that we talked about, despite being a lower market cap it, at 42,000, is just about 53% funded. So just over half funded, which is very slow for a, a market cap that low. And I think indicates that there's not a ton of investor demand at that price. It. Hmm. It, it definitely shows something because a lot, most of the time for offerings of that size, at least like you said, in last fall, last winter, these things would sell very quickly. And this has been on the site for three days and uh, to barely get over 50% funded is somewhat disappointing for the, it's, and it's specifically the market cap or you think there's something else at play here? I think that, you know, I think the market cap was higher than the recent sales, and people saw that. I'm not sure that this... It, I think that the fact that they have a higher grade of this same card on the platform might work against them, because if you are mm-hmm. interested in this Kofax card, or Kofax in general, why not just buy shares in the higher graded card? So I think that that is also part of the issue. For the mutant ape that we talked about at Rally, it mm-hmm. has gotten up to 62% funded, which sounds not great, but they are limiting it to a two-share maximum. So one investor can only invest $10 worth. So they actually have over oh. 30... They only have... You know, it's only a $54,000 market cap, but they have over 3,300 investors right now because you can only put 10 bucks in. So... Mm-hmm. I feel like they're if if they had allowed a higher share cap, this would have sold out immediately. So the, what they're doing, yeah. I, I kind of like what they're doing, which is sort of uh, allowing more people to get into an offering rather than just the people who are sitting there at noon who can you know press the buttons the quickest. This this allows more people to get in as they discover it. So I think yeah, that that sort of works with the idea of democratizing these assets and fractionalizing these assets. So I wouldn't put much stock into the fact that it's taken this long to fund because it it has a lot of investor demand overall. Okay. 
Yeah, that's interesting that they that they allow uh, that they're letting it's like limiting to two, but it's so you can't get like snipers in there who are just basically taking the taking the entire lion's share of everything and exactly running away with it. Exactly. So yeah, and there weren't any real major auctions this last weekend. We've got a couple coming up this weekend that we'll potentially talk about next week or the week after. But for now, uh, we can move on to this week's IPOs. All right, what do we got? We got a little Babe Ruth going on here. So the first one actually opened today, Tuesday, at 2.30 Eastern for early access at Collectible. They have not scheduled the public IPO as of yet. This is what they've been doing uh, with a lot of the new offerings is opening it up early for certain people and then offering it to the public a week or two or even longer later, I guess, just to, to see what the demand is first. But this is a photo from 1948 of Babe Ruth. It is being offered at a market cap of $49,500 with $13,640 in retained equity by the consigner, which is about 27%. So it's a, a fairly sizable chunk if you are thinking about a buyout down the road. Most It's not entirely going to be dependent on the consigner, but it is. they're going to have a pretty outsized influence in deciding whether or not to accept or reject a potential future buyout. So this had actually been scheduled on their platform last june but i and i don't know why they delayed it but they delayed it indefinitely perhaps because they didn't think that the investor demand would be there they're finally choosing to open it now because there was like a really favorable auction result recently which i'll I'll talk about in a second but to talk about the photo it is a type one which means uh it's been authenticated by psa as a type one photograph they define it as a first-generation photograph developed from the original negative during the period within approximately two years of when the picture was taken. Mm-hmm. So this picture was taken in 1948. They are saying this particular print came from the original negative within two years of that date. So this particular photo is at least you know 70-plus years old and has been authenticated. And this... So to talk a little bit more about the picture, it's known as the Babe Bows Out. It is a photo of Babe Ruth in his final appearance at Yankee Stadium. It's from the back, and uh, you know Ruth had Ruth had only a couple of months to live at that point. It's a, a, a very iconic image. I don't know if you've seen it. It's mm-hmm. a pretty famous sports photo, pretty famous baseball photo. It won the Pulitzer Prize that year. It was taken by a photographer named Nat Fine. He actually signed and inscribed this print that Collectible has. And I'm not, again, I'm not sure that that adds the value that much um, for sports collectors. It depends on whether or not you kind of view this as a sports memorabilia play or like sort of like an art photography play, but... In either case, it's signed and inscribed by him. And uh, it's a very iconic image. So the reason that Collectible was a little opportunistic in in opening it now, um, after they had pulled it from the platform for, you know, I guess almost eight months, is uh, 
just about 10 days ago at SCP Auctions, another Type 1 copy of this photo sold for $62,256, so above the market cap that Collectible is offering here. The, the copy that sold at SCP is not signed by the photographer, not inscribed, but according to the listing, they believe that that is the actual photo that was used by the newspaper that made this picture famous, basically. But it's not confirmed. It's very interesting to me because they, the copy says it is believed to be the actual print used by the Herald Tribune for their June 13th, 1948 evening edition. There can be other Type 1 prints of this photo, like collectibles, in existence, but there's only one that was used for its first appearance in print, and it's possible that this example was the one that was used. So it has not been authenticated or confirmed. But I would guess that that possibility that this is the first print of this photo is something that has boosted its price because collectibles type one copy actually sold last April, less than a year ago for just above $25,000. And this sold for over double it, you know, less than a year later. Okay. And there are other, there are other, are other signed nat fine type ones and a few other unsigned type ones out there. It is fairly rare overall, but there are a handful of these things that exist. So the question really for investors is how to value collectibles, which is signed and inscribed by the photographer, versus this most recent auction, which may or may not have been the very first print of all of the type ones. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it's a it's a it's an image, right? So it's a photo, but you have to have all that provenance to make it actually interesting to a to a collector. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, it, it's like an NFT or whatever. You can, it's duplicable, you know, it's duplicable because it yeah. just comes from a negative. You can make unlimited prints, but because this is type one, it means it, it comes, you know, they're not going to be making any more. It comes from the original negative and it comes from that time period. Yep. Very exciting. All right. What else we got going on? We got some whiskey now. Yep. So... On Wednesday, tomorrow at noon Eastern, Rally is going back to the whiskey well um, and IPOing a 40-year-old bottle of Macallan single malt scotch. They had previously, in November, offered a 30-year-old 30-year-old bottle of Macallan. This is a 40-year-old bottle. It's got a market cap of thirty thousand dollars. It was initially bought by Rally last October for over 35000 but they have marked the price down given some recent auction sales. They believe that, hmm. that the market has declined since they made their purchase, actually, so they, they marked it down. It is from 2016, so at that point it had been aged 40 years, and is one of only 500 bottles released that year. And, uh, you know, Macallan is one of the top three distilleries in the world by single malt, malt scotch sales it's you know one of the biggest brands in the world it's very well known it, it's pretty good um and you know a 40 year old bottle is is extremely rare and expensive and so you know and i 
as we've talked about previously, when we've talked about whiskey here, you know, whiskey is only getting more popular in the U.S. Like with wine, part of what makes it an interesting investment is that as time goes on, there are fewer of these bottles that exist because people ostensibly will be consuming them. And so as time goes on, they just become scarcer and scarcer. And yeah, and this the- is only 500 bottles, right? So. Yeah. Exactly. And so theoretically, it will just increase in value as wealthy people drink those 500 bottles. You know, at some point, there won't be that many left. Um, There still are a lot out there right now. Uh, And most recently, a bottle sold in December at auction for 19,000 pounds, which is about $25,700 at the time which I think is what caused Rally to mark down their asset from 35000 is that there had been a couple sales there at Scotch Whiskey Auctions, uh, one in December that went for 25000 in July, one went for about 24000 Back in late 2020, there was another one that went for £19,000, so there was literally no growth between October 2020 and December 2021 on this. So not sure about the tra- trajectory of this asset. Um, when it was released in 2016, it was going for about 6,600 to 7,000 pounds, which is about 9,000 bucks. And mm. saw like pretty rapid price growth from there for the first couple of years and then has been mostly flat. There are a couple other auction houses that have sold bottles of this in the last year. Um, something called Wyatt Whiskey Auctions, which is an Asian whiskey auction or liquor auction. They sold a bottle for about 22000 in September and for a little less than 20000 in August. And Whiskey Auctioneers has not sold anything since January 2021, but those were all in the 17000 pound range. So again, in that kind of $20,000, $22,000 range. And then Last, there's a site called Whiskey Base. They have a current valuation of the bottle at about $30,000, which is what the IPO market cap is. So you're looking at a value where you, most of these sales have been in that kind of mid-20,000 range. But, they, but they, these bottles started out at 9K? When was, when was 9K? In 2016. Wow, okay. Yeah, if you'd bought it when they were released, which I'm sure was very difficult to get your hands on, Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it has definitely appreciated since then. It has not seen much of a bump in the last year, though. We should get some, uh, we should talk about some Pappy Van Winkle. Have they, have they put Pappy on, uh, on any of these sites yet? There's not been a Pappy bottle uh, fractionalized, as far as I know. Interesting. Or even right. bourbon. Maybe. It's been, it's been scotch. Yeah, exactly. It's been scotch. Oh, okay. All right, now we got our final doodle here. 6921. Yes, so a new a new NFT for Rally here. They're they're leaning hard into the NFTs. There seem to be one every week. This one is coming out Thursday at noon. It is the first of the doodles to come to their site or any of the major fractional platforms. It is yeah, number sixty nine twenty one. The market cap is forty four thousand. The seller is retaining eleven thousand, so twenty five percent of the equity and like like with the Ruth photo, same thing. When the seller has that much equity, they're going to have uh, an outsized say in any potential buyout offer. It's not definitive because they don't have over 50%, but 
it's fairly likely that they're going to hold the deciding vote uh, on whether or not to buy or sell somewhere down the road. Rally originally bought it for a, at a total price of 39000 and so the, the premium is about 12.8% on that, and they bought it uh, about a month ago. Uh, Doodles, okay. not one of the like most prominent NFT collections, not like Bored Apes or CryptoPunks, but they have been performing pretty well. They are the work of an artist called Burnt Toast, uh, and two people from Dapper Labs, which is the company that is best known for NBA Top Shot and CryptoKitties. It is, like many of these NFT collections, made up of 10,000 different doodles. They all, they kind of look like, like I don't know, little yeah, like, like doodles of people. I don't know um, yeah. how to describe As, were them. These, were these like generated, I guess? Like all these things are generated, right? So yeah, like, the artist kind of does the base look and then draws yeah. out all the traits and then they're kind of algorithmically randomly generated so that certain yeah, ones will have certain traits hair and a yellow backpack yeah so, so this rare. this doodle um is has five traits yellow backpack purple puffball hair straw face green background and orange head uh it ranks according to rarity sniper out of the ten thousand. its rarity ranking is 6921 which basically means it's a fairly common one even though some of the traits are rare in that only like 3% of the doodles have them. The way that it works is essentially like if like all of them have some kind of hair and if there's 30 different categories, then each of the hair categories is only going to be 3%, but there's probably going to be some that, you know, only a handful have that kind of hair or that kind of backpack Mm -hmm. or whatever. So it's anything less than, you know, half a percent or or even less of a trait is going to be rare. And so these rarity rankings kind of take all that into consideration and say, okay, of all of these traits put together, how rare would it be to get this combination? And for this particular doodle, the the overall rarity ranking is, um, let me actually check that. You're going to run the numbers on oh, yeah. it's So the number of this is 6921 uh, doodle, but the rarity ranking is 7,674. So yeah, yeah pretty yeah. pretty low on, yeah. on the ranking, um, right. which means it's a common one, uh, which is fine. You just look at sort of what the common floor price is, what the most recent sales are, and as of this taping the current floor price uh for doodles on OpenSea is a little under 14 ethereum which is about forty three thousand dollars so very much in line with what the, the market cap of the ipo is at forty four thousand. All most of the recent sales are in that 42 to forty five thousand range this has gone up quite a bit it it debuted in october and in those four months uh it has gone up from a floor price of three or four ether to you know 14 and in that time the trading volume ranks 13th all time in open rankings so it shows that there is a pretty large investor base here a pretty large community of people who have been buying and selling these doodles uh, and 
I, you know, it's like with all of these NFT projects, they lean hard on which celebrities have bought them and, and things like that. Yeah, Gary Vee, I think. Bought yeah, one and Stevie Oki. But like, you know, they, I think for all of the kind of prominent NFT projects, that's that's how they get their, their publicity is say, oh, you know, this celebrity has bought one. Maybe it will drive interest in this collection. And so if you think, you know, if an investor believes that this collection is worthwhile and is going to continue to grow, this is a pretty fair entry point. But again, because your IPO investment is going to be tied up for a couple of months, you do just have to consider that maybe the price of Ether is going to go down in that time. Maybe it'll go up. Um, but this is like, you know, a very volatile asset class. And so you are running the risk that this is going to be worth a lot less by the time it opens for secondary trading. Of course, there is the reward of it potentially being worth a lot more. All right, we'll see how the doodles go. Exactly. I think I'm a little NFT'd, NFT'd out, so I'd much rather invest in a uh, in a Babe Ruth picture or a uh, or a whiskey than a uh, than a randomly generated JPEG. But we shall see. Everybody says it's the future. Uh, so this has been the Vincent Collectors podcast. Uh, we got anything exciting, otherwise exciting going on next week? Any ex- auctions or anything? We've got a couple of auctions coming up this weekend at PWCC, Memory Lane. Um, and then the weekend after that, there's one at Heritage. So, you know, there's there's auctions coming up that will give us some pretty good data points. All right. Sounds good. I'm John Biggs. I'm Adam Katz. And we will see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>